0: Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse.
1: Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family.
0: Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality.
1: Oh, of course. Key players.
0: We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better. And mostly, we want to encourage you to
1: never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse, too. And it is such a good experience for them that I would encourage you to include your kids on this, too, because what better way for them to learn about nature and, you know, just being a part of those processes. And and, I mean, we have we have honey all the time. We've even gotten honey from other beekeepers um that we love and um it's always delicious but when we took that comb and that honey out of the hive a week ago my 11 year old will she would just walk past it and she'd be like i might cry she'd just be like that came from bees." yeah it was it's just a really powerful experience to be able to do something like that with your kids and to have them experience uh, it's just a powerful thing today we're talking about beekeeping we got into our hives a lot people ask us about beekeeping all the time and we've had sort of a varied experience with beekeeping and we're going to be brutally honest with you so i hope you're excited about that (laughs) about beekeeping and um what it might look like unfortunately as romantic as it sounds and it is super fun It is not a cheap hobby, and we'll talk about costs and stuff, because that's one of the major questions. It can
0: also be really sad, but it can also be really exciting. (laughs) It's like farming. It's it's kind of like farming.
1: That's all the good things in life, though. Right. right? There's heartbreak. There's fun. And, yeah.
0: If you've kept bees before, post in the comments, wherever you are, just letting us know what your
1: your your level
0: of bees are, if you want to get started with bees, if you've had bees, you know somebody that had bees. If you just us, love
1: honey, or yeah. you're like a honey connoisseur, we'd like to hear from you too, because I love all kinds of honey, and um, it that is probably what enticed me. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to keep bees with my dad. I told him, I said, I want to keep bees, but we rented until I was like a teenager, and then I was too old. And and anyways, I wanted to keep bees really bad when I was a kid because I loved honey. I loved all kinds of honey. When we would go to places, I want to get like one of those straws and taste all the different. And that still sticks around.
0: I I never thought about keeping bees as a kid because if I had, I would have done it. But
1: uh, yeah, Yeah. both me and my dad have kept bees since Um, I think... (laughs) A lot of people have kept and tried to keep bees and there are some major difficulties that make it like, you know, maybe not your favorite hobby. So um, I'm going to pull up the question so we can have them right in front of us. But let me tell you what our experience has been before we even get started. So we actually started keeping bees in the city when, uh, let's see, it was probably 2000. I want to say seven or eight. I I was pregnant. So it was probably 2008 and we got our first hives and we had this guy from, he was a local guy who does honey and he was kind of in and involved in the, um, in the beekeeping community pretty majorly. Hopefully our Facebook friends are finding us again, but he would come and he would help us a little bit. We did not start by going to a class because there's some beekeeping classes that are available usually through the extensions agency, locally, um, the master beekeeper class, right? Yeah. yeah and there's a local beekeeping beekeepers association which is really cool and all of those things are a cool thing to be a part of but usually what you'll find from the old timers is like you learn as you go so we are kind of the people who like just do it and figure it out as we go so we didn't we didn't take a class first no do you, do you regret that not at all no
0: no, no.
1: so uh, yeah as soon as we get an idea we kind of just jump in which is to our demise sometimes but this time it worked out so we got two hives um we started with nukes that year right
0: we did yeah i did it i i wanted to start because at the time i owned my own business and i thought if i had hives that it would be something to make my mind like i'd have to focus on that instead of
1: distracting. yeah
0: distract myself and that was that was part of it also i really enjoy being in the midst of that kind of energy or chaos I don't mm-hmm. know I don't know what you call that yeah I mean
1: we already had chickens and had a really extensive garden so it was kind of just one of those things that fit in and we had a small less than a quarter acre of property in the city near the mall so I mean we were totally like it was just a, a big experiment for fun yeah and we were desperate for land at that time which is a whole different story but we were like let's just make the most of what we've got let's pretend we have a farm yeah and we really did have <laughs> a farm I mean we did Yeah. We did because we made more honey there than we've ever made since. Um, dense. But it grew from there. So we had two hives and they did really well there. Um, we didn't have space for more than two hives. Um, if you want to talk about getting bees in the city, we could talk about that. I didn't see any of those questions on the sheet, so um, I'm not going to talk about that right now. If you want to know, raise your hand maybe, but you can totally keep bees in the city. I mean, there's already bees in the city, so whether you're keeping a hive or not, there are some restrictions about how close they can be to your border or whatnot, but as long as your neighbors don't care, there's generally, it doesn't really matter, so. Well, and
0: if you have a fence that causes the bees to fly up over the fence, mm-hmm. then, yeah, And every city, like like every city is going to be different with
1: it's kind of like what, they, and what, what they, they require.
0: Requires, so. yeah.
1: And neighborhoods have different rules and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but once we got to the place where the two hives, they, we would get five gallons of honey from those two hives, if not more, some years. Um, we had them for two or three years and then we decided that we had a friend who had some property and he let us keep our bees on his property out in the country, which I will say was a medium, right? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, we ended up having like seven hives on somebody else's property along with us and a friend. He had a few hives and we would work together on dealing with them. And I don't know, it was good, but it was also like, you know, checking on your, you kind of want to have an eye on them sort of all the time. It's a little bit like having any livestock. You want to be able to see what's like, what the activity looks like.
0: Well, and that's again, like commercial beekeepers will stick like thousands of hives out in a field Mm -hmm. and just leave them. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to like our whole mentality of what's proper animal husbandry, what's the proper way to treat an animal. And those hives are like designed for maximum amount of honey. And, and that's when he said
1: those hives, we had boxes What We started with, it's with, with what most people think of when they think of hives. It's
0: a, the square white box. That, that
1: stack on top yeah. of each other. Um, and they are very efficient if you are trying to maximize the honey output. And, and that's what most people are trying to do.
0: But the compromise on that, this is just like any other animal where it's you're compromising in my opinion the welfare of the animal for the product you're getting so it
1: interferes yeah. with their maybe their their biological kind of i think it it just manipulates it i think a little bit well
0: like so you give what's called a foundation so if you've seen like those frames they're like this size of be of beeswax mm-hmm. that you pull out of those hives everyone is exactly the same the cells on those are like pre-made so that the bees make them in a smaller size than bees traditionally make cells Mm -hmm. but that's so that they can fit more in there and get more honey out get them to produce more bees so everything's like just a little bit tweaked to where it's
1: for max efficiency yeah and
0: it's just a little bit off from bees and on the flip side of that i think it's probably an easy way to get started like because you get these kits with everything in them i don't know i mean would you do that or would you do top bar uh so we'll talk about
1: top part. Let's come back to that because I do want to mention, we did end up taking a beekeeping class. We went up to, there is a sanctuary in Floyd, Virginia called Spike Nerd Farms. And he has a bee, sa- a honeybee sanctuary. And he's this fun German guy who teaches all these great classes. He's real into biodynamics and um, just like, how can we improve health of honeybees? And that's like, it's like a research center for that. So he's all different kinds of hives up there. And it's beautiful. And they plant all these wildflowers and he does these, trainings up there so we did go out for a weekend and learn from him and I think we both left there thinking oh my goodness we could be doing this in a much more like um
0: like holistic
1: yeah holistic maybe is the right word uh way um in a way that promotes the health of the honeybee because when you talk about all those little manipulations and you talk about taking all the honey and putting sugar water in or using chemical additives or whatever, that is gonna diminish in the same way that interfering with sort of the human bodily function and cycles would interfere. So, you know, we can't like, I like to think about when we, when we take a medication that stops our body from doing something, well, yeah, ibuprofen is a good example, right? It stops the feeling of pain, but it taxes our liver. So there's always a consequence to manipulation in in those formats. And so while I think a Langster five is great and, and a really good place to start, you know, like if that's, you kind of want to bite off little chunks and just keep doing as much or as little as you feel comfortable with doing to improve. And I remember, um, I can't
0: remember.
1: Gunter Hawk. Hawk. He would say that the vitality of the bees is what we really want to encourage the vitality and this colony collapse disorder. He was like, you know, perhaps that has a lot to do with how we keep manipulating the honeybee in, in this way. Like it's not just one thing or another. It's this, um, it's this constant sort of flow of manipulation
0: the flow high
1: oh the flow high so i'm really interested and intrigued by the flow hive. i actually saw a video just go through my feed the other day and I I think they're fascinating. I have heard good things actually from people in person. I think what I like about it is they're pretty, like not that super invasive for folks who, first of all, for the person who wants to get honey from the hive, but also for the bees, I've heard it's pretty non-invasive. So I
0: don't know. I'm skeptical of it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I mean, They're
1: very expensive. So it's kind of picking the most expensive option to get started with. And here's what I'll tell you is that if it doesn't work, and your bees die, to be even more dis- disappointing. So I think my thought on the Flow Hive, although I, what I heard from somebody is that they went in with a few people and then um, split the cost, which, you know, always makes it easier. And then they split the honey when they get honey. Oh, which I think that's totally like, okay, then you're like, if it's all, if there's a loss, it's not all on one person or another. So I think that is a good um,
0: And once you make the initial investment of the hive, you can always put more bees in. A package of bees, which is like three pounds of bees, is mm-hmm. 85 like it's $90 like now. Yeah. It just Dep- depends yeah. on
1: how, what, how yeah. good they, they do any given year. Where do you get bees? How much does it cost to get started? So we get bees from a variety of different places. Um, we've caught swarms before. We actually, this week, went and tried to some, uh, extract some from somebody's house because they've moved into uh, like crevice in their house and they need to get those removed so we're trying to get those out that's that kind before. of like
0: advanced beekeeping. That's, yeah
1: <laughs> and it's also not predictable like there's no guarantee that we'll get bees out of it some people I think are better at it than other people if they do it like all the time but yeah. a lot of honey like gurus really try to catch swarms because it's the most inexpensive way in fact we had a swarm from one of our hives and we called our friend wally and he came out to help us take care of it but he got bees out of it (laughs) like he climbed he came with a friend and they climbed to the top of like it had to have been a 30 foot tree and got these bees down and took them home but it was all for free so he had a whole hive basically and a thriving hive too because when they're leaving that means they're super healthy they're growing They're multiplying and he got a good hive out of that i'm sure
0: but so in the area there's a place called like Bees Needs and in if you just area, Google yeah. package of bees for sale and then whatever your city is, mm-hmm. something will come up and you guys are welcome to message us and we can mm-hmm. point you in the right direction. But typically like we said, what like so the package of bees maybe on the high end is what like ninety dollars? Mm-hmm. And then um mm-hmm. if you go a traditional hive, it's probably about two hundred dollars.
1: for the hive itself yeah yeah
0: by the time you get all the hive stuff
1: yeah unless you're like super um handy and you want to build everything from scratch but then you're talking about time and materials and you know for us
0: and we've done that way too too.
1: (laughs) and but i will say that when you buy the pre-made usually they're dovetailed and um unless you're a ray carpenter you'll probably just nail together and they didn't hold up as long as uh the ones that we've purchased paid for you know pre-made yeah so now we, we started with Langstruff, We've sold off all that equipment. We have just a few hive bodies left from that. Um, because first of all, the downsides were, you know, we weren't like huge fans of that manipulation. We lost a lot of hives when we moved out to our acreage now. And that has to do with our neighbors spray Roundup like crazy. Um, the bees do not thrive when they're pollinating a field full of Roundup. So we've lost a lot of hives since we've moved out of here. In fact, we took a couple of years off of beekeeping because of that. And then
0: I actually just quit I told Lacey I wasn't doing it anymore.
1: Okay. And then a couple of years ago I said, I want bees. So we got a top bar hive and a top bar hive is a totally different format. So it's more like, if you think about bees in the wild, they live in like a log or something, right? And they build in a like really narrow, closed off, totally sealed off compartment that's usually like round and enveloped. Um, so tree, you know, like think about a bee tree. That's like a column, right? That's what they want. Um, and then they'll build their comb around the outer edge and the comb will hang down. Um, and that's what happens in a top bar hive. So a top bar hive is um, a very efficient way to build a hive because it's just one long body and then bars that are literally, there's nothing on them. They're just strips of wood that you put in there and they build the comb down from that. And it's really a cool thing to see um, because they build it in a very natural way and it comes down and curves down and around. Um, Much like if you see comb in the wild. And a lot of times, you know, if you've seen where they build comb in like a house or something, you'll see it just goes down and it makes like a rib of the comb the comb and it's it's really
0: fun and because of that natural i think they stay way healthier because they can build it the sizes they want Mm -hmm. And different bee cells are different sizes depending on what they need like a cell for honey is a different size than a cell for like a male larvae egg or you know so they can kind of manipulate as they go knowing what their hive needs to survive.
1: Right, and that hive, though it has taken two years to really get full force, it's thriving this year, and we actually did take some honey from it. Now, on the flip side of that last year, we bought another top bar hive just to double up our um, our bee yard and see if we could continue to grow. Because honestly, while I love getting honey, it's more important to me to know that we're contributing to the pollination on our property and just increasing the vitality in general on our property. And having honeybees around is just, it's, you know, it's like adding a layer of life to any property. Yeah. So we have these bees mainly for pollination, but if we get honey, it's kind of a bonus, right? Now, when you extract from a strip hive, the cool thing is you they make spinners specifically for that. So you can take the frames with the comb on it, You slice off the top layer, uncover the honey, stick it in there, spin it, and all the honey comes out. And it's very convenient and manufactory kind of like ready. Uh, Then with the top bar hive, you take out an entire frame with comb and honey on it and you're going to take that hole because there's no there's no frame at all. You can't put it in anything. It's, it's kind of like, if you even if you flip it upside down, it could bend over and break. So we take it from that, and we, we cut off the honeycomb. Um, this last time, we had some that we crushed, and we let it drain, and that drained off. So it's just a little bit different of a process when it comes to collection. But then we got wax from it, and the honeycomb from it, and the honey, too. So, um,
0: and the honey's amazing. It's it really like nothing you buy at the store. It just tastes like the smell of our property i don't know how to it really does yeah
1: in spring though because i'm hoping we're hoping to go back out and get some more a little bit later because uh, the flow is actually just happening and the flow is just when the nectar is on the flowers when they're pollinating like crazy um and so nectar is you know as these flowers open and i think the tulip poplar around here is one of the most the
0: the most harvested it's like what (laughs) the most comes from
1: Yeah, prolific in terms of nectar for the bees. So they are getting the most nectar from the tulip poplars when those are open and they haven't even opened yet. So we still have a long time until the end of the time when they're gathering nectar and making honey, which means you can take it from them then.
0: Uh, Antonio asked how many bees do you need to get started? Probably two packages, Antonio. So like a package is three pounds you have two options mm-hmm. one is a package of bees which is just literally just screened box with three pounds of bees in it and the other option is what's called a nuke so with a nuke the bees build a few frames it's like five frames and then you can take that out and put it in a hive I think that's the better way to go but with nukes they're more expensive so it's kind of you have to weigh it out um if I they're was just gonna,
1: stronger because yeah. they're, they're more bees, there's an established colony, they already know each other. Um, when the, you get a they package, they already are,
0: like, have their system down.
1: Yeah, when you get a package, it's a queen that's in her own little container, and then the bees are around her, and they have never actually interacted before. And she has a candy, a little piece of candy that they eat through over the course of like a week or so. Yeah. And after they eat through that, then they're acclimated to one another. And that's the hope is then, okay, now she's the official queen. Um, but this queen is generally a queen that they've inseminated uh, artificially. So there's a little bit more of it seems almost a little more natural with a nuke, like a natural just uh, expansion or growth or whatever. So the
0: downside, though, is that nukes have to be made each year. Mm-hmm. So you, if you get a nuke, it's usually after the honey flow has gone for this year mm-hmm. or right at the beginning of it. And the bees don't build up enough for you to get honey this year. The package of bees, there's kind of a little bit more of a chance that you can get honey this year because you get your package of bees much earlier like you can get a package of bees probably now if anybody still has them in stock but generally you want to reserve your bees like in january to get them in the spring Mm -hmm. so there's a cut you know you kind of have to weigh it out to me i think if i was doing it i might do a package of bees and a nuke most places have one or the other Mm -hmm. so you can try both and see but having two allows you to if something happens to one Mm -hmm. you can take bees from one and put them in another or you know you you get a little more a few more variables than Mm -hmm. if you just have one package of bees and something goes wrong that's it for the year Mm -hmm. you know so um so
1: um okay we've got a few questions over here as well in the chat at um, Richard says never done it, but I want to get them. He totally should just bought a home with some land and wanted to do the ho- uh, And we want to homestead. totally do it and have bees, pollinate and it. yeah. So, I mean, you're on the total same page as us though, so Richard, I think you're right on the right path and excuse me. I encourage you to just go ahead and try. I mean, I, I feel like, especially, I wish we had known about top bar hives when we first got started, they were sort of a new phenomenon and we already had Langstroth hives. We started there. But if you start with a, uh, a top bar hive, they're much more affordable to get started with. I can't, I think there may be, do you remember how much we paid for them? Uh,
0: I don't, I don't know. I was thinking they're not that much cheaper. than. Oh, everybody. really? Yeah. Well, they're
1: also much easier to make for yourself. There's yeah. lots of plans and you can make them far easier than making all the pieces because you don't have to buy frames um, and you don't have to buy um, extruders and there's lots of things you just don't have to buy.
0: Yeah, that's true. So basically to get started, you need a smoker, a hive tool, and you'll see that. Just Google hive tool. Probably a tool. bee suit. And a bee suit. At the very least, just something to cover, like a, a veil on your head. If the bees are nice, you won't get stung.
1: So a little known fact, I've never been stung by a honeybee.
0: I keep waiting for everyone's it. Everyone's
1: like, this is going to be the every day. Time, be the every next.
0: time I know they're going to get her one of these days.
1: I never, in my whole life, not even before when we didn't keep these. Tomorrow,
0: it's going to be tomorrow. I have been stung by a yellow jacket.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, now that I've said that, maybe I will. But um, there is definitely, like, you never want to, like, none of this. We're not, those bees do not want to sting you if they don't have to because um, they will die. So they only do it in defense if they're feeling threatened. Now, when you start taking their honey, they start to get mad. And so you're going to have to, like, just be aware, like, get that honey out fast and move out of the way. Um, but ultimately like they're just not aggressive. So I can even, I, you know, I don't even get that nervous when I'm standing right in their flight path, because the truth is they'll just fly around me most of the time. If they get stuck in me and they get, get upset and they might, um, they might, but for the most part, I, you know, I do that pretty regularly to see how they're flying and look at their entrance and and never have had much of an issue. Um, so let's see, we are.
0: So on the flip side, I, when I, early on, I never, wore a bee suit. Really? I don't remember. that. Yeah. I, oh, yes. I do And I went that. out to the yeah. hives one time and I was wearing t-shirts and shorts and I never really had problems. And I picked up the top of the hive and the bees made this sound that was just like, now it's like this ungodly sound of like, they were all like, <laughs> like and I was like, oh, they something's not, not right. Happy. And by the time I thought to myself, oh, something's not right, my arms and legs were covered and bees stinging me. And it ended up that the problem was they had lost their queen, and you know, like anybody else, you lose your queen, you get no, a little cranky. I'm
1: saying hi to people on here. Hey uh, Kelly, hey Jane, hey Ryan, love you. Hey Karen. So,
0: uh, a Welcome. bee. Welcome,
1: hey Josie. I'm trying to wave, but anyway, sorry.
0: A bee suit's a good idea to have, especially just, on your face. Yeah, because they a, go
1: for your face first.
0: And when you get stung in the face, like I, they like to sting me above my eyes because I generally guard my eyes when I didn't have a veil, mm-hmm. and then the swelling comes down, and it goes over your eye, and your whole eye But I will say, swell. this
1: is actually, people will say, oh, I'm allergic to bees, I can never keep bees. They re- generally, you're not allergic to honeybees. It's not actually as common as people say. You're allergic to other kinds of bees, well, and wasps mainly, like yellow jackets. But people commonly think that honeybees and yellow jackets are the same thing, and they are not at all. But Still, if you're I have been alone, sung by a yellow jacket.
0: Take precautions. I've also
1: been stung by a carpenter bee. Just never.
0: All right. What else do we have? Um,
1: Week two into beekeeping. Awesome, Kim. Of course you are. My dad and brother keep bees as well. Yes. No, it's so nice to have just like one person who you can bounce things off of when you're first getting started.
0: And um, if you're in our group, totally post questions in there. We yeah. have a lot of other beekeepers in there too. We and, do.
1: Lots of beekeepers um, in yeah. there. And we... Um, we don't claim to be experts, but we like to find answers for people, so ourselves included. So we will help you find answers. Um, Richard is still streaming. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. Mostly interested in harvesting honey, of course, right? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh Bear says the same thing. <laughs> um, anyone have experience with a flow hive? Right, okay, we answered right. that, just making sure we're up to date.
0: What are the flower favorite flowers or foliage?
1: yeah so there's lots of bees flowers like flowers in general bees love you can plant like some perennials and they love those they love the fruiting the apple trees and the peach trees and um, they will they will literally pollinate every single flower we also love uh, well bee balm they love bee balm mm-hmm. they love what else
0: well the fun thing I was, everything yeah what the were thing they all overlap the year thing time? I was thinking that's fun is to start looking at you can just google it like pollinating or flowers that bloom in like winter, flowers that bloom in spring and fall, like start trying to grow plants so that you have flowers on your property all all year long. Um, Oh,
1: red buds, they love red buds. buds. Yeah, Yeah, when the red bud was open, we would sit under the red bud and just be quiet and you could just hear the bees all over the red bud. It's really fun. Okay, what are your favorite flows or fully so this okay Fair how enough. much of a time investment okay so I would say that the Langstrip is more time investment because there's like, again, all these pieces. I also think it's a little harder to manage. So it's something to keep in mind is that with a Langstrip hive, you have a deep body and you have a, a medium body. So the deep body is where like the majority of the hive will normally be. And then you put these supers on top that are more narrow. Now these things, when they're full of honey, probably weigh, I don't know what, 50 pounds. They're heavy. How much do you think? They're yeah, so they're on there. as you stack these up, they're modular system. It seems easy, but when you're, uh, reaching above your head to pick off pick off a top like super full of honey that's 50 pounds um that's really heavy and hard so um that's one thing i will say just speaking from a woman's perspective we don't always have a lot of upper body strength so if you're doing this as a woman a lady by yourself you might want to think about always using the smaller hive bodies so if you're going to go with a strip, or really consider a top part hive because it's really really very easy um for anybody of any kind of agility level to deal with, because Langstroth hive is a very bulky hive and very heavy and to deal with. Um, I mean,
0: again, like when you think about it from like a commercial setting, like they're picking yeah. these up with like forklifts and pal- yeah. on pallets, and like it's just very is designed to be industrial. So Efficient,
1: yeah, for yeah. that purpose. And there's
0: other kinds of hives, and we can kind of start a discussion in the group yeah. about all the different kinds of hives. Um, one of our friends, the deans, they have I think they have like every kind of every kind of hive there is they really. Do. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well that's how it was. So a Woray hive is kinda of nuts it's cool. It's very much like a hollow log, but very hard to access and check on the bees. Um, the thing is when you have a healthy hive, there's not a lot of checking that you have to do. When they're healthy, you kinda know. And so with the top bar hive, we check on it like four times a year, I wanna say we really do Last not. Last
0: year you checked on it twice.
1: Yeah. So not very often. I look to see how they're coming in and out of the hive. If they're busy coming in and out of the hive, I know that's a good sign. Um, We'll take off the lid. It's pretty invasive when you take off the lid and you start removing the comb. So we want to investigate at the beginning of the season. And since we know that they're thriving right now, We will check probably again in like two weeks to check on them and see if we should take out more because the real risk right now is that hive is thriving so much, we likely will get a swarm. And if that's the case, we'll want to just mitigate the situation. Okay, you got to
0: back up. What's a swarm?
1: A swarm. A swarm is like a hive baby. It's like... um, It's how
0: bees reproduce, mm -hmm. really. Naturally.
1: It's a good thing. It means your, your hive is healthy. But what happens is they'll make another queen cell. And when you're looking in your hive, you'll see this long kind of tubes shape and that's where they're trying to rear a queen and they're doing that because they're running out of room in their hive and it's time to find more space and let half of the hive go or more um the, the most a lot of the hive will stay um but usually the stronger part of the hive leaves and finds another place so we actually have set up some some things around our property to try to catch swarms should they try to leave
0: it's really um, a good sign though like it's a sign it of a healthy hive and reproduction and like that if you think about it like as in nature mm-hmm. like they're going out and forming another hive somewhere in the woods yeah. you know like unfortunately you just can't keep it and the most of the bees leave so your chances of the honey that year are kind of low mm-hmm. so um
1: could you yeah. just leave the top bar hive alone and have the bees for pollination totally yeah Adele that's really my take with the top bar and why I wanted the top bar you really there's such minimal um input needed yeah, exactly, Adele. And you and I <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, Lynette, is there a specific way to introduce the queen to the new nest after purchasing a new core, a batch? So, if you're getting a box of bees, it comes with a queen in it, like ready and th- so when you open that package, they will automatically open the, that queen like over time and they'll automatically, that's how they build it to be introduced to one another. So you don't have to get a separate queen. Now there is a such thing as a requeening, which happens when you look in your hive and you see that there's no queen and that can often happen after a swarm. I'm not really sure when else that would happen. Just she oh, randomly queen, dies. Yeah, the
0: queen can just die. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, um, but usually if that happens, I think they'll replenish and make another queen before she dies. Um, but she's the only one that lays eggs. So you have one queen; she lays all the eggs, um, and no one else lays eggs. So if she dies, there's not a, like a backup plan if if they haven't prepared for that. So there are some some instances. There are some instances where people will kill the queen because they don't think that she's doing a good job, and then introduce requeen it. And there's a lot like genetic wise that people want an Italian queen, or they want you know this and that queen because of different characteristics of those kinds of bees, but again i think that you know if you're giving them this like as much of a natural environment as you possibly can of course we have had we've seen you know there will be pests in there like we'll see roaches in there we'll see maybe even hive beetle occasionally they can manage a specific amount of pests now when you start seeing those things take over you'll see that that's because they're a very weak hive um it's just like an immune system you know a human who has a weak immune system, anytime they're exposed to anything, they're gonna get it, right? But but most humans who have a healthy immune system can fight off those different pests. So there are some things that we can ha- We can use to help them build their immune system, and that's gonna be like protein. Um, you can feed them certain herbs. Thyme is a really good thing for bees. Uh, chamomile is a really good thing for bees. You can make special concoctions. Um, you can use essential oils to help.
0: Same thing for health. For like, health, for yeah. Money.
1: For health and yeah. and, yeah, just to encourage their vitality. So there's lots of things you can do, but ultimately, a healthy hive will fight off those pests pretty well.
0: And sometimes you end up with genetics that are just bad, and it's like animal husbandry. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you just have to let that hive go so that you can get healthier genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, is there a specific way? Oh, we already answered that. I felt like we missed a question, but I don't All think right.
0: we did. I think we're at our getting out of time. If you've got any other questions, yeah, let let's us look know. at that
1: sheet really quick of questions and just see if there's anything that we missed. Um, you guys, I'm loving talking to you about this. If you have any other questions, please share them. Um, how time consuming is beekeeping? It really is up to you. You have to decide at Langstroth 5, you really have to get into it, especially this time of year, probably once a month minimum. Um and that can take a while it can take it depending if you have one hive it can take an hour to check a hive um it depends on how if busy you're really it is slow. <laughs> it well depends on how busy it is it depends on what you're doing if you're extracting honey then it's yeah. gonna take longer than if you're just checking on them um it is expensive to get started depending on your thoughts on what's expensive and what's not but i would say you're probably you want to plan for about $400 so if you're just getting started with new no hive or equipment or anything like that, at least $400.
0: You can also sometimes <laughs> score used equipment. So you can look around and see. That is know. totally
1: true. Yes, you're welcome, Richard. I'm so glad you hopped on. Let's yeah. see. Uh, beekeeping doing a little thing to do, and does it take a lot of, and does a lot of more? Yeah, a good question um it totally can be as simple or as, as easy as you want it's totally like sort of what you make of it like how intensive is beekeeping and you yeah. there's kind of like different levels it depends on your goals with the beekeeping if you really just want pollinators which i think is a very uh, valuable thing this day and age we want to help the bee population as much as possible we want to increase the you know good genetics we want to pollinate that's good for our, for our ecosystem then yeah that's a valid reason to get started and honestly, you need minimal equipment for that too. You might not even need a bee suit if you're just going to do a top bar hive for pollination. Then, um, I don't know. That you you know probably that. at least
0: want something to protect your face, right? Like, am I earlier? I
1: agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, you
0: um, can risk it, you can I risk did for it. a while.
1: I think the hardest part of getting started, that was somebody's question, is probably like the same thing it is with everything else. <laughs> Fear, <laughs> Right. Um, doing it in spite of feeling like you don't have, you don't know all that you need to know. The truth is you will figure it out as you go. You don't have to have all the answers before you get started. There are some great books that you can have that can help you along the way. I have a top bar beekeeping book that I really like and I'll reference that pretty frequently, but I'll tell you that even though I, there's visual aids in there, I don't learn until I'm at the hive and I'm like, okay, I don't want to keep honey at the entrance. I want to make it, you know, so they can get in and out easier. Like there's just, when you start to do it, you start to understand some of the concepts way more than you could ever get them out of the book and understand. And
0: them. I think the thing to remember is like they, even if you buy them in a package, they're still wild animals mm-hmm. and they will, unless you do something horribly wrong, they'll make it work. Nature just has a way of making things work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, just get started try it and if you have problems let us know and we'll help you troubleshoot it but yeah you can do it it's I don't know we did it so yeah anybody can do it
1: yeah it's- and there is actually the book that we got and we still have it I think is beekeepers for dummies it's like yeah. the best getting started book if, yeah. especially if you're gonna do a Langstroth. I'm not sure there's much about top bar hives in there but it was actually that was the go-to book it was the top recommended it was better than all the rest so if you're looking for and again
0: like on the internet i will say like since we're talking resources on the internet you're gonna find like it's funny because like in the jewish world they say like if you ask a rabbi a question you'll get like three answers it's (laughs) the same thing for like beekeeping you know like if you ask a beekeeper everybody has their own opinion they're very passionate about it and their answer is the most right answer but you will find every aspect to every answer so it's kind of like for me, my, my, my new mindset is, like I said, they're wild creatures. Mm-hmm. How can we replicate nature as much as possible for them? And that's where I think they'll thrive.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you just, yeah.
1: Um, okay, so somebody did ask, and probably Adele, um, what's the time commitment? We already talked about that. Yeah. Can you do it alone? We talked about that. But she mentions kids, and I do want to say that our kids have b suits. And they like to go out and look in the hive pretty often too. And it is such a good experience for them that I would encourage you to include your kids on this too because what better way for them to learn about nature and you know, just being a part of those processes. And, and I mean, I, we, have, we have honey all the time. We've even gotten honey from other beekeepers that we love and um, it's always delicious. But when we took that comb and that honey out of the hive a week ago, my 11 year old will she would just walk past it and she'd be like, I might cry. She'd just be like, that came with some bees. Yeah, it was. It's just a really powerful experience to be able to do something like that with your kids and to have them experience. Uh, it's just a powerful thing.
0: You know, with that. With that being said, with kids like when you set up your hive for yourself and for your kids like really plan where your hive is going to be as far as like the flight path so the flight path is like when they come out of the hive they just go straight Mm -hmm. um you can kind of like cheat it though and like give them like three feet and then put up like a straw fence or something to make them come out and go up Mm -hmm. because ultimately they're coming out and they're orienting themselves on the sun and then they're going where they want so if if you have limited space, you can put them somewhere where they're gonna be forced to get out of your way.
1: Richard asks, how close or far away do you feel like it's okay to keep these from your home? So that he answered. I will say with our first house where we kept these, we had less than a quarter of an acre, and we had sort of a back pocket, there was a fence, and it was behind a a little like attached closet, Mm -hmm. and they were just behind that. And then you want them to face uh, south, right? south or east east East, southeast either way um although i will tell you that our bees in the hive that we're in even though we face them one direction they've changed where they come out of the hive because they'll find a crack and they'll be like this is our new entrance or on the top of our hive there's actually an entrance on one side and then there's an entrance on the other and they've gone back and forth between which of those entrances they use and they'll like seal off the entrance they're not using or they'll open it up and it's totally up to them
0: If you're in the southeast, I think it's okay. Like North Carolina, where we are, the summers get really hot, so I think them having some shade is Mm -hmm. nice. There's other beekeepers that will say put them in full sun and none of the other pests will live, and it'll make their hive healthier. But, again, like – It
1: could add some stress. Yeah,
0: I think it might add some stress to the bees, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, And then facing east or southeast, they do that because the sun – rises right into their hive entrance which wakes them up earlier which gets them going mm-hmm. that's the theory behind it so i mean you know i don't know that, that like ours the entrance that they prefer now is like northwest yeah so
1: yeah
0: you know it, i don't know that there's a i lot think of they come
1: it. out like in the direction they want to fly like That's the way they go too. They have exactly that direction. So whatever they're pollinating is over that way. Um, I will say too with kids, like a lot of it is going to be about you talking to your kids and saying like, this is what you do when you're around the bees. But what, like we said before, the bees are not aggressive. So I am far more worried about yellow jackets and wasps and other stinging things, snakes on our property than I am worried about bees. Um, And that was true even when we lived in the city. Like they just, um, it was never really an issue. If you give... The hive even just a 15 foot radius to not be close to then it was it was never an issue we actually
0: took when we had like toddlers we actually got one of those like bamboo fence things mm-hmm. and just put it i think it was like three feet from the from entrance the yeah. of the hive
1: so they came out and and, went like yeah
0: and up. just put it across there and it kind of helped the kids like at that age you know toddler age they we didn't want to, I mean, it was like right off our back. Patio. Dogs
1: are another thing that you might want to be careful yeah. about too.
0: Dogs will learn pretty quick.
1: <laughs> they, they will. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I hope that all is yeah. very helpful. I think that's enough information, right? We've gone well over 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. So, so if you got any other questions, the, what is it? The com.
1: Please join us there if you're not us, there yeah. already. We're loving our community there and getting very inspired to share all the little things that we're doing. Yeah. Um, and hear from you guys about what you're doing too, because... Like we always tend to believe, we're better together. Lynette, thanks, Lynette. Great info. Yeah, good. All right, guys. Have Have a a great night. night. Bye.